But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Last week, we began looking at um, how to search for our identity. Who are you? And so a common way we think about our identity is to think of, of what we identify with. And this comes in phases of our life. So I'm going to ask you, who are you? No, you got to, who are you? Child of God. Child of God, who are you? Well, who are you? Well, who are you? Who are you? You're a crazy lady. <laughs> who are you? Well, you know, that's the spiritual answer. Okay. You know, I'm a dad. I'm a husband. I'm a grandpa and a great-grandpa. I was a factory worker. I was a teacher. I was a soldier. I was a banker. I was a missionary. Now I'm a pastor. All those things are part of who I am and who I was. But they don't define me. My spiritual giants up here clearly stole my notes and answered correctly. Who are you? I said, well, I'm a child of God. And that's, and that's true if that's true. See, there's got to be ownership if you're going to be belong to a family. There's got to be ownership if you're going to be a child, if you're going to be a son. I was coming up and one of, the, one of my friends back here said, uh, what an incredible family. That's a, that's a testimony to, uh, to all you blackie people. Mom and dad and grandma and grandpa. Where is grandma and grandpa, by the way? Oh, those are rascals. I'm going to get on him. Texas? Okay. Got, uh, and a song came to my mind. I don't know if you remember Johnny Symbol. And he, he, uh, he sang that uh, Mr. Bassman. You know, he's, he's up there. Mr. Big got the hat going on. You're, you're having to wear the stocking hat, and he's looking cool. But we're all those things. And you may be a parent, an employee. You may be a, a sibling, a spouse, a volunteer. And while they represent mile markers in your life, they're not at the root of who you and I truly are. See, I come to a place where the first first thing I am, I was created to be a child of God. I am an image bearer. I bear the very image of God. Imagine if there was no one else around, you were it. Do those things that you say you are, apart from being a child of God, do those things really provide much meaning to the answer of who we are? We must, we must ultimately be rooted in something that's durable, something that doesn't change. God's Word says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. 
He's durable. He's eternal. And that's who our Father is when we become a child of God through what Christ did for us on the cross. Who we are isn't defined by age or, or a stage in life. It's about our source. My source in who I am is Jesus Christ. I had wished, I wished that I would have found that source early in life. Oh, I, I, had, I had one of the best elementary educations that money could buy. I was educated by, by women who that was their only desire in life was to educate kids, young boys that uh, were kind of a challenge. And they taught. You know, you say, reading and writing and arithmetic, talk to the, taught to the tune of a hickory stick, and nuns would hit you. And it would... They did it where it wouldn't leave marks, but, uh, but it, it stung. Who is your source? See, I, I learned all about God. I was, I was, I was fat with religion. But I was anemic with relationship. First John three one through two says, "See how much the Father, much our Father loves us, for He calls us His children. He calls us His children. God, think about that, friends. The very God who hung the stars and the sun and the moon and the plants spoke them into existence." did some, some razzmatazz and put those rings around Saturn. I mean, that was you, we don't have a creative God. Who in the world would think of putting rings around a ball of dirt? God. He's incredible. And that is our daddy. So he goes on and he says, and that is what we are. We're his children. Scripture is saying this, not me. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we're God's children because they don't know Him. Dear friends, we are already God's children, but He has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like Him, for we will see Him as He really is. Man, a living. That's going to be crazy cool. Our core identity is birthed. It's not built. There's no construct in, in our core identity, who we are. And Jesus came to restore our true identity, and, and out of that, uh, he lived when he came into the world. And nothing could change who he was. He, he was a carpenter. He was known as a healer and a teacher and a savior, but his identity was that he was be, that of being loved, By his father. He was the very son of God. Who had declared over him, this is my son. Remember at his baptism? This is my son whom I love. And then he said he was pretty pleased. God was was tickled with the work that his son was doing. In this world he was popular and he was rejected but it didn't change who he was. This world could love him or hate him, but it didn't change who he was. 
there would be elements of understanding and, and people joining, and there would be elements <coughs> pardon me, who misunderstood him and didn't want anything to do with him, rejected him. But it didn't change who he was. He lived out of the depth of knowing he was bound to God the Father. We as children of God, I am a child of God, is bound to the very uh, person of Jehovah God. The scripture began with, with God providing a poetic summary of his creating and it culminates in his declaring in Genesis 1.26. I love this portion of Scripture. It, this, this portion of Scripture just, just resonates in my, in my soul. He says, then God said, so here's the Trinity. And they're sitting around a table in heaven. I don't know. I don't know if God sits. I mean, he floats. I don't know. He's a spirit. But they're in heaven and he says, let us make human beings in our image. Now, that doesn't mean, friends, that we're gods. No, no, we're not gods. We're, not, we're, not, we're spiritual people, but we're not spirits. We, our spirit is linked to God. Let us make human beings in our image to be like ourselves. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry along on the ground. My wife's going to be in charge of the chipmunks. She likes chipmunks and skunks. All the little woodsy creatures, she loves those things. They're pests. To consider that we were created to bear God's image is not to diminish any aspect of creation at all. In fact, it affirms there is something sacred about creation. Planet Earth and all creation was planned out and created by God and it reflects His glory and His goodness. When you stop and think about, about we look out here and, and, and the, the grass and the grass grows out of the dirt and God sends rain to, to grow that grass and the flowers and then the birds of the air. And I was coming in today and there was a hawk sitting on a, on a uh, telephone pole uh, out in, in, uh, on Pollen Road waiting for one of those scurrying creatures. A hawk's got to live too. Every facet of the, of, the, of the world, of the cosmos, every creature in it is sacred because God created it. You know, and after each part of the creation, what did he say? It is good. It is good. And when he made us, it is good. And, and yet we, uh, we messed it up. But there was, there was a plan in place to take care of that, to make us and restore us being children of God. He, was, he, he lived out of the depth of knowing he was bound to his father. And being a child of God is not about age or stage in life. It's about your source the scriptures begin with God providing a poetic summary when he said, let us make our image according to our, let us make man in our image according to his likeness. It's hard to fully fathom such a life, but maybe we can begin to imagine the profound security and significance that was intended. We were created that we would bring glory to God. 
I can't really get myself wrapped around that when we get to heaven that we're going to spend our time giving praise to God for eternity. Now, I don't sing, and I certainly don't play any instruments. And if I'm in here singing for more than an hour, I get bored. Uh, it, it, it doesn't, and, and some of you who are very musical are inspired by that. Um, yet we're going to be in heaven, and it's going to be glor- a glorious thing. We're never going to get tired of, bringing, of singing praises to God, especially when God gives us, he says he's going he's to give us a new, a new body, right? And I'm hoping that when he gives us this new body, some of us are going to get a new voice. <laughs> and some of you songbirds are going to sound like buzzards. <laughs> or maybe even better than that. But the Bible tells the account of how Adam and Eve chose to leave what they had, this holy state, this sacredness. And give themselves to the idea that they could be like God, knowing knowledge. Not, not that they were God, but they had the intelligence, the mindset of God. And that's what Satan brought into uh, Eve's mind. And they lost everything. They left their home only to find that they became, became wanderers and, and, they, and, they were, and they were lost and they were exploited and they sold their identity and now we've been uncertain of who we are ever since until Jesus said I am going to give my life to restore mankind and make them my children so we became the I am I am a child of God so God wants to restore us to who we really are not only is his power greater than any other? His power lies in love. And look at John 1, 9 through 10. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. And then when they did see him, they didn't want anything to do with him. Who are you? Son of a carpenter. Nothing good can come out of that place. And so God comes as the eternal, uh, only begotten Son to bring that life into the created world. And He comes as the true light to restore our relationship by making us again His children. Second thing, Christ, in Christ, God has restored my position as a child of God. And if we receive Him, we, cannot be, we, can, be, we can be reconciled and be united with God's nature. And the will of your human parents is not what defines you. There's some wonderful parents in here. Wonderful parents. And, and you may have had parents who had planned and prepared for you. Had parents who provided for you. Their will was not what defined you. You may have had parents, one or both, who weren't there for you. You're on your own, boy. You got clothes on your back, the roof doesn't leak, and we'll keep the heat on. But you're going to make it on your own. 
They weren't able to maintain their commitment and care, and you never felt clearly wanted by your parents. That was one of the hardest things that ever came to me, one of the hardest lessons I had to learn. Most difficult was that there was a God who I could not see that loved me enough to send his son to die for me. Now, I never doubted my salvation, not once. I never had that that problem at all. I've never felt insecure in my salvation. I felt insecure about who God was when you tell me that this is my daddy because my daddy beat me. My daddy abused my sister. My daddy abused my mother. He wasn't father. He was the old man. And that was the most derogatory term that, well, there's some other things I called him, but, but in polite company, that's the most derogatory thing you can call your father. Young men and young women, if I ever hear you refer to your mother as the old lady, I'll snatch you balder than I am. That's your mother. Amen. And that's your father. That's right. And you bow, you genuflect in front of your grandfather and grandmother. Amen. And if they live to the ripe old age to become great grandparents, you hug their neck and kiss their jaw. You see, we are children of God understanding who our Father is and what He did. Galatians says that, uh, or I'm sorry, God marks His child with an indwelling presence in Romans 8, 14-16. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Daddy, Abba Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Daddy. The spirit of God affirms that in Christ I am secure as a child of God. You think that you're secure being a a blackie or a whirl or a Hamilton or a Gideon. Think you're secure? Yeah, you can be secure. But when you understand that you are a child of God, the I am, I am a child of God, you're even more secure. Mom and dad will die. Mom and dad can make bad decisions. Mom and dad can leave. Not so with God the Father. Romans 8, 17 says, And since we are His children, we are His heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share His glory, we must also share in His suffering. And since we're His children, in fact, together with Christ, we inherit God's glory. I don't know what that looks like. But if it's in the Word of God, it's truth, and I bet it's incredible. We've got some things that we're going to experience in heaven that, that you, it, it defies description. We have, no way of, we have no way of understanding what that is. You know, we have, we're going to have people that have, our family that has died and is in heaven, and, and ancestors that we've never met, they're in heaven. Those precious children who we've lost are going to come up, grab a hold of your legs, and say, Mommy. Amen. Those, those children that may have died uh, through some horrific 
casualty, they're going to, we're going to be able to remember who they are and have, and have dialogue with them. We're going to talk to them. We're going to hug on them. And we're going to do it all in the reference of being children of God. Well, the last thing as I look into this, that, that through Christ I'm adopted into eternal inheritance that belongs to a child of God. I'm an ad- I am an adopted child. Anybody in here adopted? Anybody in here adopted? We've got some people that are adopted. They're not, they're, they're not here, but Giovanni, Lauren, mom and dad chose them. I'm sorry, Matt, but they're stuck with you. But, but they were chosen. And God gave you guys to mom and dad. Through Christ, I'm adopted. Galatians 4, 7 says, Now you're no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God's made you his heir. Roman culture, uh, in Roman culture, children inherited the wealth of their parents and all the responsibilities of that. Uh, they had to carry on the ancestral legacy into the future. And, and honoring the parents, they had to honor the parents after they had passed. A slave, though, was taken from his family, and perhaps a husband and, and wife had, and had children, and that husband was taken from that family as a slave. And their treatment was dependent upon the favor of their master. They lived in fear, never secure in their standing. They didn't know what this master was going to do next. Adoption generally involved a slave, and this came from a desire by a couple who had no children and wanted an heir to carry on their name and, and wealth forward, so they adopted this slave who they loved. And it had many implications that came with huge responsibility in the process, and all the debts of the one being adopted were canceled. In effect, the slave started a new life. Remember in Scripture, when we get saved, it says, we are new, we're a new creation. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are gone. Everything becomes new. It's a promise of God. So, so we as adopted children of God inherit all of that. All of our indebtedness of life is reconciled and we're now the, children, the child of the one who's adopting us. We receive everything, all the, all the power, all the glory that God has. We're receiving that as being his son. You are a princess. You are a prince. You are royalty. You are a, you are a holy pre, part of the holy priesthood. You've been selected. You've been adopted. You've been chosen. You've been gifted. You've been incredibly set upon this earth to do a work that only you can do. Why? Because you're a child of God. God created you to be His. As we close, He knows who you are. He calls you by name. And He doesn't care. He doesn't care about, you know, maybe... Maybe th- you don't think things are quite right on your, your hair, your nose, your eyes, or whatever. God calls you by name because He knows His children. He knows you.
my son, my daughter, come here, let me give you a God hug. I don't know what that looks either, like either, but, but I imagine there's no hug better than God can give. There's no high better than the Holy Spirit can have given us as we, as we become so intimately uh, attached to the Spirit of God as we understand what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. He's waiting for us to come home and Christ came to lead us home. He bore our sin. He was crucified. And He took all of that sin, every single bit of it, He took upon Himself on that cross. It's forgiven. It's forgotten. It's gone away. John, you know, I mess up every day. What about that? Yeah, that's sin. But that sin only separates us from fellowship. It doesn't put square wheels on the wheelchair of life, baby girl. (laughs) It just separates us from his fellowship. So we confess that sin. He's faithful and just to forgive us. In fact, he did that, you know, at the cross. And we have nothing else to to fear. That's not going to come and, and... and plague us. It's not sending us to hell because we have that relationship. We're secure. We're adopted. And now he offers his life as the, as the son to dwell within us, making us his children. So think about this as we close. I am a child of God. First thing you are, you're an image bearer. Come, let us make Man in, the image, in our image and likeness. We're an image bearer. Second thing, God has restored me as his child. Third, I am, I am secure as his kid. And last, through Christ, I have been adopted. I am an adopted child of God. Nobody can ever take that away from me. It's perfect. It's pure. And we have a place reserved for us in heaven if we truly are a child of God. Let me pray. Lord, I don't know everybody that's here today. Don't know what, they're, what's, what, they're, what they have going on in their lives right now. And I don't know if, if they truly understand salvation. So Lord Jesus, I ask right now that through the power of the Holy Spirit you would speak to the hearts of each and every person in here. And if someone does not know you as Jesus as as savior, Lord, would you through the power of the Holy Spirit bring them to that place where they would say, "You know, I don't understand it all, but I want in on it." And Lord Jesus, in the best way that I know how, I ask you to come into my life Save me from my sin. I believe when you died on that cross, you died for me, you died in my place, that I could live eternally with you. You took all my sin on you. And through that, as far as the east is from the west, Lord, I love you, and I want you to be my Savior. Friend, if you prayed that prayer and you never asked Jesus before, if you've never invited Christ into your life, you don't have a relationship with him, slip up your hand. I want to pray with you. This is important stuff. Anybody, anybody at all. Thank you, Lord. 
thank you for all that are here today. We love you. We praise you. We are, we are so thankful that we're your children. Now give us, a, give us a day today that we would be able to reflect on you tonight uh, as, we, as we minister to the children. Help us to, to do that in a way that it would bring glory to you. And, and Lord, in the time that we have right after this service, impart in us this new, a, a, a new spirit of thankfulness for our community and a desire to serve and a desire to reach out. We pray in your son's precious name. Amen.